नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्या संप्रदाय कर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महद्यो नमो गुरुभ्य शंकर शंकराचार्य केशवंबातरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवत ईश्वरो गुरुरात्मीति मूर्तिभेद विभागिने व्योमपत्याय दक्षिणामूर्त नम So we have been going through the then the various mantras of Kathopanishad, which is in the form of a story between Nachiketas and Lord Yama for the spiritual enlightenment of an apt student who can. have no parallel in our uh, in our knowledge who was so adamant in getting that knowledge from the the master who is established in the truth yamaha himself in spite of getting tempted by various offering by tempted yama to see how steadfast the student is nachiketa has successfully qualified for it and in the last three classes we have seen the various stages of you know spiritual unfoldment that was being given to nachiketas through nachiketas to all of us so the beneficiaries are those who are listening to it and in the last class where we stopped was were the example of the chariot as the body of the human being as a chariot the jivatma as the rider the intellect is the charioteer mind is the reins and the horses are the indriyas sense organs and the path is riddled with temptations and and the one who is able to control the horses which has been trained well means how to control your senses if you have one a person as learned it then he is definitely the whole unit he is reaching that vishnu paramam padam that ultimate place of vishnu which itself is vivutvad vishnu or vyapagatvad vishnu so the last mantra was vitnana saritir yastu manapragavan naraha so adhvana paramapnodi tad vishnu paramam padam is where we stopped so with that with the most apt usage of a discriminative intellect and can using the mind to restrict the overindulgence or the way waylaid approach toward the sense organs momentary temptations etc if the journey of our life is continued with the same goal in my mind the ultimate that moksha or the the merging of the jivatma paramatma is the truth for that if anybody is undertaking that journey he definitely reaches paramapnodita vishnu paramam padam he is the guarantee given by none other than the lord of death yamaha himself in the next two shlokas which we starting this class has got two shlokas together as stage by stage 
how the control of one over the other is established it is also a shloka a mantra a couplet of mantras which is used very heavily in the nididhyasana or the meditation process where you know you are you are withdrawing yourself into your own or that the way in which one has to look inward is being given in these shlokas so first i'll read both the shlokas mantras together then i'll explain one by one indriyebhya param hyarta artebhya cha param manaha manasascha para buddhir buddhir atma mahan paraha mahata param avyaktam avyaktat purusha paraha purushan na param kinjit sa kashta sa paragati so these are the two mantras so if you if we look it into the individual meaning of this what are the words indicating in this mantras are indriyebhya para hyarta now here artha para hi indriya is the way in which we have to read it objects are superior to senses this may feel to be uh, slightly out of place we are always thinking that our our uh, sense organs are in control or is in superior to the objects outside but the mantra says the objects have superiority over the senses the reason being that is who is in control of what that is why we should understand that when the mantra says that artaha parahi indriyebhya indriyebhya parahi artha so compared to the sense organs the objects are superior in the sense that the object has a higher control over the sense organs to distract or to get engaged and reveling in that from that point the power is more vested in the objects outside than the mind but buddhittu paramanasa when it comes to intellect no in between manasa param artecha so the mind is superior to the senses before the buddhi the mind comes the senses are subordinate or at the mercy of the objects the sense organs they do not have independent uh, you know faculty to withdraw from that if an object is coming in front of it the light from the object will definitely fall on the eye and i has no right but to refuse not no right to refuse the visual image of the object that is why the object is superior to the uh, sense organ but when it comes to manaha mana param artebhya that object is so inferior to the mind even though the sense organ is superior sense organ is inferior to the object the mind has superiority over the, over the object so the lowest in the ring is the sense organs then comes the objects and above the object is the mind why it is so is that if the mind wants even the object is there it can prohibit or you know prevent the sense organ from engaging itself 
the object will attract the sense organ but if the mind wants it can allow the sense organ to engage or not to engage thereby the mind is superior to the object even the object can attract if the mind is willing is coming in between the sense organs cannot go therefore the the objects become less powerful to attract the sense organs but when it comes to the intellect buddhi to paramanasa the logic or the intellect which is there mind even sometimes can get wavered by the beauty of the object or the temptation of the the object and it may forget itself in indulging itself but an intellect which has got firm conviction and knowledge about what is to be done what is not to be done it can control the mind so buddhistu para manasa mahan atma buddhe paraha now here is mahan atma buddhe paraha here we have transcending from the physical level that atma which is in me within residing in me and the atma which is spread everywhere as mahat so mahan atma when it is said it is the totality the cosmic intellect the cosmic intellect is represented by the word mahan atma it is not the jivatma we here what talking because jivatma is only a sakshi it neither controls the intellect nor get attached with the intellect nor it has got anything to do with the intellect it is just a sakshi but that mahan atma which is the word used here is not the atma per se here the atma word stands for the intellect and the word so the adjective mahan when it becomes it becomes the cosmic intellect the cosmic intellect is superior to the individual intellect so here is the micro intellect and the macro intellect which is being brought in by the mantra to control saying that there is a superior power to the individuals which can decide what to happen and what not to happen or how to control things which is where we say that you know the you know it is it is it is the will of god and etc what we put it as actually speaking the mahat atma here standing for is for the avyaktam or the virat or hiranyagarbha mind the the creator's mind so the creator's mind is is represented in one of the upanishad in the chandogya in, in, in the brahmarni upanishad as the uh, you know the campfire and the individual intellects are compared to the spark which is coming out of that fire campfire where you know it has all the qualities of the fire as an amber which comes out of the you know from the fire the great bigger fire even though in all qualities it has that fire potential in it if it is falling on an object which has that right situation to catch fire that spark can create another fire but 
if it is falling on something which is not incompatible it can be put off even though the spark is the same the quantity and the power of the big flame is not there in the spark same is the case with mahata atmahan atma and buddhi the difference between these two we should understand that way the cosmic intellect is omniscient omnipotent it has the knowledge of everything it has the control of everything it is present everywhere it is not localized to the body which we are oh, we are residing in it but when it comes to a cosmic intellect there is something superior to that it is called avyakta mahataparam in the next shloka in the mantra it said this avyaktam avyaktam is the unmanifest the unmanifest form from where the manifestations take place that time it becomes virat or hiranyagarbha or the creator or in the in the mythological thing we can say brahma the creator of the world that um, avyaktam from which is unmanifest form is superior to the mahatatma see the this are all psych esoterical in the sense that we have to understand it in in the meditative way we are talking about the mind of the virat is mahanatma the mind of the mahanatma is a created form bhuta vastu it has been already taken shape as a cosmic creator but before the creation takes place the same thing is in the form of avyaktam now avyaktam is is that state where the desire to become many so akamayada bahusyam prajayeti in that in the upanishad when it says that that will let me become many that will which takes place in the avyakta when the will starts functioning it becomes the virat or hiranyagarbha into which makes the creation for the created ajayamano bahuda vichayade that is the other aspect of it it comes from that as many appears to become many so in the mantra what in the second mantra what is there avyaktam mahataparam so this unmanifest form with the will to create many is superior to the intellect of the cosmic intellect because the cosmic intellect has already got the trigunatmika sattva rajas tamas whereas in the avyakta mahatap state when the cosmic state it is pure sat there is only sattva guna whereas the moment it it comes into the creation sattva rajas tamas prakriti bhava comes or then this is a sankhya philosophy which brings in that so both avyakta when in the pure sattvic state it is called avyaktam when the sattva rajas tamas guna case it is called prakriti or hiranyagarbha in the form of the which the one creates creates avyaktat purusha paraha here the purusha which is called in the vedanta as avdaita as brahma brahman the the supreme or the the satchidanandam brahma 
Satchitananda or, sat, or Satyatnyanam Anandam Brahma, that indicated by those words, he, that is superior than the Abhyakta, the unmanifest form. At least in the unmanifest form, there is Sattva Whereas in the Satyatnyanam Anandam Brahma, it is Gunatita, Kalatita, Trigunatita, all before, beyond that. So that is superior than the, the will to create. Purushatna Paramkinjit, there is nothing beyond or superior than the Purusha. So therefore, Purushatna Paramkinjit itself is a definition for the Purusha. Yasya Param Nasti Sa Purusha. So na, na Purusha, therefore no Purushatna Paramkinjit, therefore nothing is beyond, superior to the Purusha. And Sakashta Sa Paragadi. That is the ultimate and that indeed is the supreme goal. Paragati. Gati means goal. Paragati means that itself is a paragati. That is the ultimate destination for the Jivatma using the method of controlling the senses, mind, intellect, merging with that cosmic intellect and from the cosmic intellect before the desire to become many. Now, this is a meditative process which is being explained in the Upanishad. We can also look it from our own personal experience. When we were in our deep sleep, there was no will to see the world, no will to be the individual, nothing was there. And then a desire comes before waking up to wake up. That time also we are not aware of the wake-up. That is a pure will to wake up. The moment the will to wake up, the first thing comes is unadulterated I, which doesn't even identify with the body. But the moment that comes, the, the subordinate starts waking up like the intellect and the mind and the sense organs and then the whole world is seen. So you can see the creation happening in us in every day when we wake up from the deep sleep. The same is the waking, the creation which is happening in the cosmos also. The Purusha, the moment Abhyattam comes, the will to become many, so kameta bahusyam prajayeti. Then, Atmana Akasha Sambudaha. From that Atma, Akasha, Akasha Dvayo, Vayo Ragni, Agni Rapaha, Adya Pradvi, Pradvi Raushadaya, Aushadebhyo Annam, Annat Purusha. So the, the step by step how the creation takes place is explained in the Sutta, Sutta and the Mantra. Same is happening in individually to all of us also when we wake up from the deep sleep to the waking world. So when you are doing a meditation on this aspect, that the body is in a chariot, we have the intellect, which is the controller of the mind, mind is the reins, and the horses are the sense organs, and the objects in the world are the one which is attracting the world, is the temptation for the senses. But the journey is complete and successful only if we have all them, all of them under control, then only Vishnu Paramampadi. Or here when the word the says is Sakashta Saparagadi. So there are two places par Tat Vishnu Paramam Padam here Sakashta Saparagadi. Both are the same. As an individual what we achieve and as what happens in the cosmic also is the same. 
it is merging with the purusha and that purusha is represented by vishnu's paramam padam in the previous mantra now having explained this there are two two three subtle things which the uh, mantra want to explain to you yesha sarveshu bhudeshu gudatma na prakashate drishyate tu agriya buddhya sushmaya sushmadarshibhi now how is this possible when we ask it the mantra the upanishad mantra says that gudaha sarvabhudeshu esha atma na prakashate hidden gudaha means hidden this purusha which is in the cosmic which we cannot see but that purusha which is for the from buddhe paramanaha buddhe tu mahan atma that uh, that aspect of that word this is residing cannot be known even though it is sarveshu bodeshu it is there hidden in every every atom of creation yesha atma na prakashate that self doesn't divulge itself here is something which we have to understand that the atma when the word is used we always have a tendency to look as something great and magnificent outside external to the person who is thinking about it but when the mantra says that tad tvamasi that the the what the upanishads always is talking about your own true nature we are identifying ourselves with the limitation of the body mind and intellect and then we think we are the human being and limited to the body but upanishad step by step has taken us many many a times in different ex- examples and different thing that we are the sakshi we are we are aware whatever object is perceivable has to be different from us and then the one which is perceiving is the atma so when it is says that sarveshu bhuda sarveshu bhudeshu esha atma ghutah tad na prakashate that doesn't shine in anything and outside because just as you cannot see yourself and when you are present in everything how can you see yourself in that thing outside also for that drishyate drishyate tu sushma darshibihi agriya sushma buddhya but it can be only seen with a very subtle intellect sushma darshibihi drishyate what one can see it if he wants to see it it is just like a star which is very small in the sky however much effort we put it unless we decide to to concentrate in that location that tiny little star will not be seen by us it is as far the vision is concerned now imagine that concentration which we need within our intellect to understand what the mantra says 
that it is hidden in every iota or every atom of the world which we see as object outside you are there very much there in every one of them but hidden for you because it cannot be seen by the sense organs but only sushma darshibihi only with a very subtle manner you can see it why sushmaya sushma buddhi agriya sushma buddhya it cannot be seen by the sense organs you have to infer it you are to inf- you are to use your intellect to identify yourself present in every atom because you are just as you cannot see yourself in within this body itself we can only see the mind intellect and the physical sense organs the body and the world outside but we cannot see ourselves just as it is happening in this body the same entity is available in every atom of the world also and it cannot be seen by the physical eyes and sense organs so it has to be it has to be sensed with the sharp intellect that is why the mantra says in sik na you know that said na drishyate tu na drishyate na prakashate what it 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 doesn't it doesn't divulge itself prakashate means divulge itself it cannot divulge itself because the seer and the seen are one in that situation so it has to be you only felt by the seer the seen has the as the seen and the seer are there is no difference this is how the upanishad is bringing the subtleness to the our uh, you know method of inquiry the next shloka is slightly more intense in the sense yachet vang manasi pratnya tat chet jnanam atmani jnanam atmani mahati nischaye tat ichha ichchanda atmani now yachet vang pratnya yachet the discrete mind the pratnya here is is uh, the the faculty of the mind discriminative mind or discriminative intellect yet chet vang manasi it should resolve the words into the mind why do you say the world into the mind when we say world words into the mind the mind should know that what is expressed as sound by name and form of manasi here vang is indicative for all the sense organs so all sense organs what is showing as an object that should be resolved into the mind as they are awareness or consciousness itself and what i am sensing as five sense organs or five sensory inputs are nothing but awareness and that has to be resolved into the mind tatchet jnanam atmani and that knowledge which is resolving in the mind which is shining in the mind now the object is no more outside it is in the mind that in not as an object outside but as awareness or an experience or bodha swarupa 
that is shining in the mind that jnanam that chet jnanam atmani that should be resolved in the atmani in the atman atmani mahata so here the atman is being indicative of the higher intellect of the within the individual not the jivatma paramatma atmani mahati that should be seen that if it is happening within me it is not localized individualized experience for me alone it is the experience of every everything in the world is experiencing something else so it has to be common for the mahat that avyakt that cosmic mind or cosmic intellect also so this way you have to dissolve from the individual intellect to that it is the same experience what i see as light sound and heat is the same light and sound everybody is expressing and it is light and sound is always light and sound for anything whether it's a tree or a rock it also has the light and sound as light and sound only it cannot have a different experience but whether they have the sense organs or not is a different issue but when it is resolved one by one into the fine yacche tat sande atmani in that when it is resolved into the tranquil mind when the mind is or here atmani is a second atmani is not the intellect it is in the in the peaceful entity individuality or the atmani here is not Mm, uh, the functional mind but it is the status of the mind when the mind becomes no mind when that is resolved into that state of no mind then the atma is divine uh, is expressing itself that is the time when you know that so that is that exactly the term what they say drishyate to agriya buddhya that is the time when we are experiencing that oneness within the within the individuality and the oneness in the world outside so where when the krishna said you know yomam pasyati sarvatra sarvancha mai pasyati or yatrana anya pasyati anya chrunodi anya bijanadi inda upanishad what it says or sarvam khalitam brahma i am atma brahma or aham brahmasmi everything is resolving into this one knowledge of i know that experience of mind which is there as atma is the same thing ghuda in every object or iota there because but it is myself which is there i cannot see myself in me as well as in after outside this can be resolved only by stage by stage doing contemplation or meditation and for such a person sushmatu agriya buddhya prakashate it drishyate tu agriya buddhya he such a vitte such a concentrated mind he he will experience it this is the guarantee given by the katopanishad that yama tu nachiketa and then to shake up nachiketa who is already into a contemplative mood the famous mantra is uttered by yamaha uttishtada jagrada prapyavaran nibodata shurasya dara nishita duratya durgam patastak katapayo vadanti uttishtada shake up 
and get up jagrata with all the attention which you can enmas or you know gather together prapya varan nibodata varan prapya have after having approached a varan varan means here it is that the the supreme person who knows that truth in the introductory mantras we have seen that varnachikaita says that you definitely know that truth so where can i get a master who who's indirectly says he knows the truth and here i am i am coming to you and i want the truth from you only i don't want anything else such is the state what this varan is indicative of that the one who is superior in the sense here the superiority is not by the knowledge of the vedic who is one who is established in this sushma drishti who has that such a person prapya after having approached him nibodata you should tell him niboda or request him for passing on that methodology or how to do it he will tell you then he is also telling that this method surasyadara nishida duratiya durgam patastha kavayo vadanti such kavis the varan itself is the kavi or the one who has knowledge that he they talk about it vadanti talk about it padan patas this method or this track or this way is durgam dushtena gantum shakti it is very difficult to travel that method it is like surasya dara how a the sharpness of a sharp blade can never be seen by the eye and you can imagine if somebody is been asked to walk through that what is the concentration or the you know attendant attention he wants without cutting his like how such a person can walk it is an extraordinary simile but even in bhagavad gita krishna says mama maya duratya the word duratya comes there also it is extremely difficult to cross over that path but it is not unattainable if it is unattainable this would not have been passed on from generations to generation is not a wild goose chase it is possible the word because it is pathaya kavayobadanti means those who have traveled that path they say that it is very difficult durgam dushtena gandum and nishida duratya it is very difficult to cross over because it is as sharp as a razor's edge then comes to the next mantra is indicative about that state in which when you when you travel tat vishnu param sa kashta sa paragadi how does that appear to be or how it is can be you know what will be like it like is an indicative way in which the upanishad says that ashabdam asparsham arupam avyayam tatarasam nitya agandavachaya anadi anandam mahataparam dhruvam nijayatam mrutyu mukhat pramuchyate there are no words to explain this 
அஷப்தம் அஸ்பர்ஷம் அரூபம் அவ்வியம் அதா ரசம் நித்தியம் அகந்த சோ ஹியர் ஆல் த சென்சரி ஆப்ஜெக்ட் அண்ட் தேர் ரிலேட்டட் தன்மாத்ரா ஆர் பீங் ரிலேட்டட் பிகாஸ் சப்த ஸ்பர்ஷ ரூப ரசகந்த திஸ் இஸ் த வே இன் விச் ஃபைவ் சென்ஸ் ஆர்கன்ஸ் ஆர் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சிங் த ஹோல் வேர்ல்ட் So the moment it is say asparjam means that which the ears cannot grasp it or the ears are incapable of knowing it. Asparsham, it is not possible to touch, sense or feel or that it is not an object for us, even for sense of touch. Arupam, for the eyes, it can never visualize imagine or even give a form to it to even the wildest of the wildest imagination arasam it doesn't have a taste agandam it doesn't have a smell it is avyayam tada nityam it is it is without any what you call dk avyayam vayam means to dk it is it doesn't diminish that experience once it is experience sushma drishtya drishyate to agriya buddhya then it is avyayam and it is not only it is dkless it is nityam that is going to remain with you permanent it is it is it is the, na- the nature of itself is permanent that is your very, your very own nature of it your own self and then says anadi anantam it has no beginning and in anandam it is infinite there are two things here is one is on talking about the kala anadi so it is beyond the time the space the time concept it's all anadi means no beginning means neither the beginning nor now nor future it is not with, with any of these things anandam is talking about the space it is not limited to it is infinite inside param mahataha and even beyond the the creator who have created the the, the prakriti who has created the entire world it is beyond that jab mahatap param dhruvam it is changeless it is that as it, as an entity it is changeless and that is the paramam padam which we will attain by the process of following the method the upanishad has told it nijayatim by knowing that very clearly mrityu mukat pramuchyate you will never have the fear of death again because mrityu mukat from the jaws of death pramuchyate means you are freed for all once and for all because it is nityam it is avyayam dkls it is anadi anandam so we should remember that earlier mantra which was told najayate mriyate va so it is neither it is neither born nor it is death it is again reaffirmed here in the in this shloka that tam nijayatam mrityumukat pramuchyate so the one who 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 attempts to get that he gets freed this is what is called mukti or moksha 
as knowledge the knowledge is the one which frees you from that bondage or the misconception that you are the limited body but you are not the limited body you are the limitless self within which is the spark which is in you is the same spark of the big fire from which we are all appearing to have taken up a small you know effect of feeling of localization that is itself is an art of ignorance the one who sees through the through these process he identifies himself mahataparam he goes beyond the creation itself and sakashta saparagati he achieves the the ultimate state now the the, the last two mantras are concluding mantras from the nachiketa uh, upakhyanam the dialogue between the yama and nachiketa comes to end with this shloka and this mantra and the next mantra which will be the final two mantras of uh, katopanishad first chapter nachiketa upakhyanam mrityu proktam sanatanam uktva shrutva cha medavi brahmalokave mahiyate nachiketa upakhyanam this story of nachiketa which has been conveyed because this is told by the rishi katha muni who who have been telling about the katopanishad sanathanam shrutva uktva shravana and manana medhavi one who has the medha or the right intellect because we know sush drishyate tu agriya buddhya so to reaffirm that the mantra says sacha medhavi mrityu proktam sanathanam vachanam upakhyanam nachiketa upakhyanam namna at this man this mantras which is called the nachiketa upakhyanam shrutva buktva having heard and again telling that repeating that uh, medavi brahmaloke mahiyate hi brahma eva loka brahma loka he is abiding in the brahma loka he is ever once and for all he is free from the clutches of death ya imam paramam guhyam shravayen brahma samsiti prayatat shraddakale va tadanantyaya kalpate tadanantyaya kalpata iti so when the upanishad concludes a subject normally the last sentences are repeated twice here is tadanantya tadanantyaya kalpate tadanantyaya kalpata iti so what is it mean is that if a person repeats with purity imam guhyam brahma samsadi this mantras which have been told to nachiketa by yama if a person imbibes it hears it and again talks about it uktva shrutva and talks at by that way becomes his conviction brahma samsidhi in the assembly of brahmans no brahmavadinaha who are all interested in attaining brahma that brahma loke mahiyate that brahma loka cha shraddha kale that is for those who are in the in the devotional path for them it is say that in when they are talking about the pitra pitra karma or that when they are doing this karma for their 
departed one when they it is a sort of a concession to people who cannot have the sharp intellect the upanishad itself gives a concession saying that people who are doing the shraddha for the pitru even when that time also if they do these mantras and talk nachiketa mantra so nachiketa agni upasana that even then that that the it conduces the result which is supposed to be the result of the medavi the one who with intellect also will get the same which the devotion who are doing with the devotion in the sadha kale they also will get this thing it is a concession to the people who are in the devotional path also saying that they also will achieve but the main theme of the upanishad says drishtiya drishyate tu agriya buddhya sa medavi brahmaloke mahyate only with that sharp intellect and the subtle intellect one who one who one who processes the experiences from the artha the object of sense organs to the mind to the intellect to the cosmic intellect and settling in that peaceful purusha such a person knows that this purusha which is in me is there in etsham sarveshu bhuteshu goda every atom or a creation also is having me as a presence in that but nadrishyate but it cannot be seen by me because i can't see myself within me so how do i see myself in others other things i can only infer that because everything comes in the consciousness the awareness is unbroken i cannot demarcate limit with time space and etc anadi anandam the consciousness and the awareness is one through one a person who settles his intellect and the mind in that cosmic intellect sa brahmaloke mahyate sa kashta sa paragati tat vishno paramam padam all are the same he attains his goal and brahma vritti loka pramuchyate he is free from birth and death again he knows the truth and he has no more birth and death again om shanti 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 om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 arihiyo श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि थैंक यू थैंक यू वेरी मच अरविंदो जी इट वॉज रियली वंडरफुल नाइस एक्सप्लेनेशन ऑफ कटोपनिषद थर्ड वर्ली फ्रॉम टेन्थ मंत्रा टू अप टू द लास्ट सेवेंटींथ इन दट पर्टिकुलर वर्ली इट वॉज सुपर रियली Uh, fantastic actually as you stated in the 10th and the 11th mantras club together you explained the objects are superior to the senses the mind is superior to the objects the intellect is superior to the mind 
and the great atman is superior again to the intellect the unmanifested is superior to the, the great atman and the purusha is superior to the unmanifested nothing is superior to the purusha that is the end and that is the supreme goal this beautifully stated in this upanishad here we are discussing it is purely from kevala advaita the shankara's commentary uh, there are beautiful commentaries by other acharyas also acharya madhva relies on these 10th and 11th and other the same uh, mantras from other upanishads and he gives the gradation of the tarathamya of the devatas also starting from paramapurusha narayan to manusha gandharva in 32 uh, different grades beautiful the mantras today's mantras are very very beautiful next the 12th mantras the atman hidden in all beings reveals itself not not told to all but it is seen only by the seers of the subtle through the pointed and subtle intellect that was in stated in the 12th mantras and in the 13th the wise should merge the speech in the mind and the mind in the intellect and the intellect in the great self and that great self again in the the self of the peace that is stated in the 13th and the very famous uh, mantra uttishtata jagrata in 14th mantra arise awake o man realize that atman having approached the excellent teachers like a sharp edge of the razor is that path difficult to cross and hard to tread say so the wise was the message given in the 14th and in 15th having realized that bliss touchless formless imperishable and also without the taste and smell and eternal without beginning or end even beyond the mahat immutable one is released from the jaws of death and in the 16th the intelligent one having heard and related this ancient story of nachiketas told by the death is glorified in the words of a brahman and the last one in the 17th uh he who repeats this supremely a mysterious story with a great devotion in the assembly of brahmanas at the time of uh, shraddha shramani uh, uh, obtains thereby infinite reward there it, it ends that particular valley it was so fantastic that uh, arbindo ji explained how we can in our own body experience these things and he quoted the example of deep sleep and he 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 made us to realize how it can be Uh, because it is not just a question of belief, uh, belief. it is not a, just a question of faith it is your own experience you can experience here here only that was the object once again i thank you arbindo ji and now rajji the room can be open to the question and answer session if anybody have any questions can uh, ask they can add they can clarify they can ask a questions thank you thank you once again sir uh can i ask a question uh arubin ji yes sir 
Arvind ji, you said that uh, the experience which is um, tasteless and you know all the sense uh, without any senses and it's without uh, decay, right? Um, so, like one thing uh, that I was uh, really trying to understand was, um, and and while uh, presenting my question to you, I want to like keep the first person perspective and the third person perspective in mind, right? Like looking at looking at it from both the ways. Now, uh, as far as I can say that the experience itself can known can be known, right? or experienced only in the first person perspective right uh, i cannot like uh, scientifically make it verified to any other person ob- objectively right that that part i think we commonly understand um but from the third person perspective uh, we know that there are several features of our experience which can be modified by uh, you, know, you know tweaking the material brain right um so 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 <clears throat> uh one of the ways in which i can approach uh, this problem is by uh, saying that if the first like if the person let's say more or less remains mentally and physically especially mentally healthy right then once that enlightened state has been reached it will remain uh, throughout the life right something like that um but we know that um uh, certain changes like someone gets a blow or there's this famous case of phineas gage right which is brought up again and again he uh, you know this iron rod went through his brain and his character itself changed right uh, and and in many and in the same way we know many other ways in which um uh, the the language center can be impacted then we have the cutting off of corpus callosum in which two different spheres of consciousness are created so like um before i ask the follow up uh, question i i wanted to ask uh is it uh, legitimate to say that regardless of uh, and and also uh, what comes in is the question of identity right like what constitutes the identity of a person and so on uh, because uh, it's it's very fair to assume that within this collection of uh, cells and molecules which from the third person perspective looks uh, is identified as one from childhood to uh, death right aman, but from aman ji aman ji please could you articulate and ask the question directly after this question and session on upanishads we have a general discussion we will open it up then we can discuss oh, okay. uh, details in the, now now directly uh, come to the question thank you uh okay okay i'll i'll, I'll try <laughs> i know i know <laughs> please uh? <laughs> no yeah yeah i mean I, I, uh, i'm glad actually I, i think i was able to put a lot uh, out there uh, so yeah. basically uh, aurobind ji my question is uh, when we say that a person has gained enlightenment why from the third person perspective or should we or are we legitimate when we from the third person perspective assume the identity to remain constant till the death of that person especially in context of that person having uh, attained enlightenment or and uh, the you know the the, uh, the idea that that will remain uh, so till the death of no man 
two things which i'll tell you one thing is the question which you are being bringing up on the on the third party uh, perspective thing we will do it i'll i'll answer to you when the open session starts please now coming to the respective to the upanishadic methodology is concerned we are talking only about the first party or the first person experiential now in the first person experiential thing it is very much to the individual what is happening he doesn't get any symptoms or no lakshana or no symptoms are seen outside of such an individual even if he wants it doesn't come because he remains as what the body he is that it is a personal feeling of even in a mundane sense if i say that a person who has finished hunger standing in front of a restaurant a person who is going to enter the restaurant to quench his hunger when they are both looking the uh, when when looking at an ob- common object outside you can't make a difference whether the person the one who is looking has quenched his hunger the other person has yet to quench his hunger to that extent we on a mundane example we can say there is no difference between the two human beings which is a personal experience first party experience both of them will have one will say i am full the other will say i am still hungry or to yet to, yet to eat but there isn't be any symptoms on the on the no way, way we can make a difference this being much subtler than that physical experience of hunger it is a experience of being nobody can measure nobody can assess and even the person who knows it has no way of explaining it because it is beyond words what the experience is so in no way there is a parallel which two men who has experienced the same thing can explain it in the same way they each one will differ from the other one Uh, thank you arvind in fact that was beautiful what you said at the end that no two people will be able to explain in the same way that was that was one namaste patrick namaste hari grish chaitanya all of you came late namaste arvind Namaste, sir. Phenom, Arvind Ji, Sharon's Parish, Phenom to lovely ones. <laughs> very beautiful, Arvind Ji, very beautiful and so clear, so direct. I see that this is the sar of the whole Kathopanishad that happened today. And thank you so much. I am very much elated and I hope all of us have received that elation. Thank you so much, Arvind Ji. Bhagawan's grace indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you Sunny that was a nice reminder we forget the the um sometimes the abstract scripture uh really is a celebration of divinity
And so I know that sounds religious, but it put a smile on my face and reminded me that uh, it's just one of many uh, ways that we can express um, our devotion and uh, and receive, you know, the great teaching. So thank you. That Looks like there are no questions, I think. How many? I have one, sir. Can I ask? Yeah, please. I am waiting. I mean, then then we can move to the next room where they open, it can open for any, I mean, general questions also, not related to Katopanishad alone, because then we can, you know, close the recording so that that will limit to the Topic. Okay. General questions can come up later. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yes. So, what is the uh, difference uh, between awareness and uh, when you said uh, consciousness? What is the? Uh, is there any difference, or if if yes, what is the difference? See, it depends upon the context on which you use the words. It is not that words are interchangeably used in different conditions. There is no difference between consciousness or awareness when when it is, it can be interchangeably used. But at the same time, the two words have got etymologically differences. Etymological difference in the sense, in Sanskrit equally when we say that one is called Chaitanya and the other is called Bodha. So when it makes the difference in 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 the in the difference that the chaitanyam is called the consciousness and the bodham is called the awareness. That is where the sans, Sanskrit difference comes in. But whereas the usage is concerned that chaitanyam is more of a state, whereas awareness is a form of you know experiential part of it. So consciousness is the entity which becomes an experience. We call it as awareness. That way, roughly, we can make a difference between the two. But identically, it it lot varies depending upon where you use it and how you use it. Um, sure, sir. So whenever I see my thoughts, let's say, um, you know, sometimes uh, we experience this uh, feeling, right? When something is uh, witnessing everything, like even sometimes it is very less a fraction of a second uh, it, ha- it happens. Um, um, sometimes we see a, a scenery or a sun or something. That moment, uh, something, uh, there is uh, no thoughts. So is that a state of awareness or... Uh, sometimes we, we in a day particularly will be lost uh, with thoughts, actions, and all. But sometimes a, fr- a fraction of second will be there where some witness is happening. So that is that. that can we call that as awareness in in, a, in regular uh, lives? Or yes, awareness is there throughout. There is never a moment when you are not aware. But when the awareness gets covered with 
knowledge of objects which can include the from the thoughts mind intellect emotional thoughts and feelings onwards to the uh, knowledge of the name and form of the world outside when that happens there is something called vishayika jnanam or the objective knowledge which comes in that objective knowledge is predominantly dependent upon the object and its qualities but that knowledge do not have a capacity to become awareness or selfness unless the self awareness or the awareness from the self is illuminating that knowledge that is why even though visually or auditory or any of our sense organs are bombarded with multiple inputs from the world outside our knowledge is limited to only which is being illumined by our our awareness so we get to know only that on object which comes into the prime light of the it is like like a spotlight falling onto a stage on one one character the other characters are there in the stage the audience with very sharp mind can see that in the darkness the other characters are standing there but the spotlight is shining only one actor who is the prime actor at that moment same way when we are looking at something the surrounding objects are also there in the vicinity in the in the vision but our our concentration or our knowledge or our focus is only on one object which we call it as i am seeing that this is the normal thing that is when we say awareness is there so when you are saying no thought and you are seeing a beautiful or wonder in the world and the wow moment when there is no thought in the mind that awareness which was there even before and after is still there that has not gone through any increase or decrease or anything it is still there what has happened is that that object knowledge did not capture any specific specific aspect of that beauty of the what you are seeing at that time you didn't have any adjectiveness to add to that but the object as it is came all that what happened was the mind did not interfere in that experience of that vision with its own adjectiveness like it is beauty it is artful it is you know it's something which i've seen before or any of those things which mind can otherwise bring in that is the time when we don't have that wow moment when the mind becomes quiet then we are experiencing that experiencing also in the awareness the awareness has never gone anywhere it was never you know not there at all what all happened was it was it, it, you didn't have the mind in action not that awareness came at that time correct sir correct got it sir uh, i i understand uh, it's too much of a greed uh, greed uh, in me to ask that entire day i should be in that state uh, i understand like it is a fraction of seconds but why uh, the other entities are dominating for example uh, in 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 a day if i'm concentrating on meditation that moment i know okay other entities like anger or uh, or, or or hatred and all are there and i am observing as a witness like awareness but when i go to job okay knowingly or unknowingly i have some uh, you know principles to be good with with juniors or something but at some moment 
this is dominating uh, awareness is like um, uh, as you said it is there it is there from from uh, some, uh, I, I i forgot the word you said uh, it is there from ages right um but why it is becoming uh, in a background why other entities are like too much dominating and uh, when uh, you know talks like this happen again the awareness is coming back to the uh, you know uh, uh, focus uh, spotlight again if something goes uh, let's say if we if we meet our family members or something we'll take them for granted again anger will come again to the background and awareness will be sitting far away from us why is this uh, happening awareness is not sitting far away it is the awareness which is which you are when i'll ask you even one question simple question is that when you operating any time in your actions did you ever have to remember that you are a human being uh no okay now the shastra or the upanishad says that humanness or the human beingness is the quality which is given to the the physic physical aspect of the individual but that is something which has been changing from the time you were born till now so it has gone through all changes but the changes were observed by something which is called the awareness that awareness has not changed so that awareness is there even when you are angry or with your family or you are in office it is always the awareness which is the substratum with which everything happens like you didn't have to remember as if you are a human being which is also a false notion because we identify with the body but when we know that we are not the body we are the awareness and that in in that awareness the awareness of i am a human being is also an awareness it's an object of awareness it is not the awareness itself that when that becomes conviction in you and you are aware, you don't have to be aware of that awareness all the time that becomes your nature that the things will not will happen the way it is to happen heat will be heat cold will be cold water will be wet and uh, ice will melt all those things are nature's law that will not no nothing will change whether you have awareness or not of your own self when you are a human being also when it will have the same way when you are when you know that you are not a human being you are the awareness which is aware of your humanness also even then the things in the world will not change outside but the approach with which you know that this is that the difference between the these two is when is the make what makes it a different you are no more worried about anything happening to the individual because the individual is a is a notion created to the body when i am the awareness things had happened before it has remained it has gone away so these are all transient things which will happen i there is no point in me getting angry this all way in which nature comes in this way why do you get angry you have an expectation that the nature should behave differently to your expectation that can never happen when your expectation when you understand that it is my mind and the mind's expectation which expected the situation to behave to my liking then you like it if it doesn't behave that way you get angry but when you know that things will happen the way it is to happen and you don't have you you don't have anything to expect out of it so everything will be acceptable to you so there is no question of getting angry at all 
correct correct sir uh, i got your con- uh, point but only thing is that uh, most of the time it is effort uh, there is effort in that awareness it should be effortless uh, is what my main point no, th- that will come uh, when you when you practice it abhyasena tu kaunteya vairagyena cha grishyate is what krishna has told we how much have we practiced from the time we were born we our practice was to feel feel that i am the body so it has become so much deep rooted in us that we and we cannot think beyond the body now for example i'll tell you one thing sir the nail and the hair which is growing out of our body when we are cutting we don't have any feeling for that we don't have any pain even though it is still remaining as part of our body you may say it is dead cells which is growing but when you are driving your car gets knocked by somebody else why don't you treat it that way it is not even your body but your car is got a dent you get down you scold him you bite him or you get in an angry with him you get can even even go to the extent of road rage and even murder that person which is not your part of the body at all but at the same time the part of the body which is still you can see as existing part of your body when it is chopped off like a hair or a nail clipping you are not worried about it so these are all happening in the mind in the mental level we assume things and react to the assumptions then we don't have any control on it that was a wonderful example sir thank 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 you so much uh arvindji if i can ask the uh about the knowledge thing uh the omniscience uh it was mentioned right uh, uh, i forget the sanskrit term cosmic uh, cosmic uh, the uh mahanatma the, uh, mahanatma right um so like w- what's the nature of that knowledge is it can can i extrapolate the nature of that knowledge from the kind of objective knowledge that we speak of in normal life or is the nature of that knowledge itself different and by virtue of that it's omniscient uh, that was what... by nature it is omniscient but i can only draw a parallel and give you uh how it can it should be understood in intellectual way the idea of a family for a child in the family and the idea of the family for the father of the house who uh, the householder the family the idea of the family is different isn't it yes even though they all both the child and the father knows what are who are the members what is the house the whole all everything but the child has no feeling of ownership or responsibility of the family when it comes to the family idea entity for it but he knows the overall picture only but he doesn't have the responsibility all the thing whereas the father has not only the knowledge about the child has got but he has got more knowledge about it now this is in a family level imagine the creator who owns the whole family of himself in that comparison like two two ways i can look at it one is that 
the father's knowledge, let's say, is a superset of the child's knowledge or the second way I can look at it is that it's a higher form of uh, knowledge uh, than the uh, child's knowledge, but it's not a superset, uh, so to speak, right? So the omniscience that is uh, uh, that Mahan Atma uh, has, is it, is it to say that it's a superset of all the sets of, you know, knowledge, uh, the lower kinds of knowledge, or is this a higher, uh, higher standard or higher, uh, different and higher form? I think you didn't get my example. The father, you say superset and everything, but the father has no knowledge of what it is to be a child and see it. Yeah, yeah. He knows the child is part of the family. The yeah. father has no potency or knowledge to become, to feel what the child should be feeling or experiencing, even though he has a superset experience. Whereas in the cosmic level, it is everything. It is not that it owns everything. From it, it everything has come. Like from a father, all the family, the adult, all the children have come. But the father has no knowledge of each children, what it feels and what is like to be a child of himself. As a child, what he is, the child is feeling. But imagine if the child, if the father had that feeling also in that, in, in his capacity to know, to be my own son and what will be like. Um, this is the what is when we say the omnipotency of the God. Not only that it has come from the creator, everything has come. The creator itself is, is there in everything. So he is not only knowing everything, he also knows how to be, what it is to be a, a iota or a sand dust in the surface. Ah, okay. I mean, that's a, yeah, okay. I, I, I mean, I understand it, like, at least uh, in, in intellectually. <laughs> the, be, the beingness, see, that is where the difference is. The cosmic is the being as cosmic as well as as the dust particle. Both are it only, the same one. But the father doesn't become the son. The father has a son. He can only assume what the son may be thinking or feeling. But... Imagine a situation if a father or a person can, you can be your own son-like and feel what a son-like to be. I, I don't know whether we can mentally even imagine that. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's exactly what I was wondering that. I mean, uh, in words, I can, uh, I can kind of pictureize it, but <laughs> I think to be able to feel it, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, it's, it's almost like if someone says to me, you know, the, the, yeah, like if, if someone says to me, uh, like, can you feel what it feels like to be a horse? I would be like, I would have to become horse and relinquish any kind of memory or anything to do with being human, right? But then right. when I'll return back to human, I will not know what it was like to be horse because I will have to relinquish that too. But, uh, that is why the Upanishad says that, it cannot be described by words and it can, mind cannot even fathom what it is to be like. Yes, yes. I, I mean, that part, I... Uh, so, is, is it fair to say that um, it's not even... 
like it, it seems to me that that seems to be more of an inferential kind of a truth uh, rather than like an experienceable kind of a truth if you understand what i mean like yeah yeah i understand that it is not an inference it is it is the fact hmm. but it appears as an inference because the limitation of our mind our limitation is a and uh but but it it's fair to say that that fact has been um i mean it, it's fair to say that some human or some person who was special in some way was able to see the fact and that's why that person claimed that okay this is what i'm experiencing this is the truth and you can either uh, check it out for yourself or you can just um like accept it for a while something like that right okay this is where the upanishad helps us it is the experience of everyone who is either listening or living whoever wants to understand it in your dream there was a world created there were objects living beings sceneries equipments and you yourself inside that and everything was created yep and it is the same entity which experienced as an object as a living being as an animal as a road or a car or a plane or anything and as a person dreaming experiencing the dream also you were present in the dream this experience is created by that same experience or creator who creates the world of waking for us also and puts us as an experiencer for the waking to experience the world of objects things everything what we are experiencing in the waking there is no difference between the two states but a bit of memory from the dream available in the waking we are able to negate the dream as unreal but we are not able to do the experience of waking as unreal because we are still in the waking only we have to get out of the waking to make to negate the waking as unreal for that you have to shift from the waking the dream and the deep sleep to the creator's state or the state of the awareness which is creating everything for us then only you will be able to negate or you will be able to see the fallacy or the illusion or the unreality of the waking and the dream in the same way this yeah. is not a somebody's this is not somebody's hypothetical inference or deduction it is an experience which is given to everyone and from that we are asked to in do the same thing apply that same to our waking hmm. yeah i think one way i try to work that out is uh uh this is something that i just uh, think as being hypothetically possible right um so we have all these colors that we view in the external world uh and they correspond to certain frequencies but also you can mix the colors and it appears as a different color but one hypothetical scenario that i imagine is like let's say you had a dream in which you saw a color which for which and no frequency could be uh, 
uh, no corresponding frequency or a mixture of two or permutation combination of different frequencies uh, could be done, which could generate that color for you from the external world, right? But in the dream, you saw that color. Let's just suppose that as a hypothetical uh, way of looking at it. Now, it's impossible to deliver that experience for you uh, when you wake up to any human being because <laughs> neither you can draw it, neither you can find any corresponding frequency or the permutation combination of two different frequencies for it, right? And uh, I mean, and, and I think I think I'm, I like that's how I'm trying to understand what you're saying. It seems to me that uh, you, you can, in your dream, have let's say the exact experience of your of a horse, but because in the waking state the 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 words have not been created such in such a way from the objective reality the concepts have not been created so that experience will be in principle maybe at least to the objective reality undeliverable through words come on, i'll i'll tell you one thing the nature is helping us to do that by giving a third state where both waking and dream is not available yet nobody can deny that he or she didn't exist at that time in the deep sleep the waking also vanished the dream also vanished yet i am there but i knew nothing i had no way to express it i had no way to you know verify that to us because that time there is the faculties of the waking i have i've dropped in the waking the faculties of the dream i have dropped in the dream and the state where i don't have with waking and dream is my is available to objectify that comparison between dream and waking is possible but at the same time my intellect is not functioning in the deep sleep so all i can say is that i i i was there i had a good sleep and i i, I did not vanish or i did not become nothing or i know that nothing you know the nothingness is only from the point of view of otherness but as far as nothingness as a observer of or experiencer of the deep sleep i cannot negate and say i didn't have a sleep so this is why the three states are available in human beings to do this analysis whether you call it as deduction or hypothesis or inference or everything all this methodology which we apply in the waking is being possible to be done in waking because the whole the problem we are facing is in the waking that is why these tools are also available in the waking because we have so much of feeling of reality to the world outside they are real existing independent of me is the feeling because i separated out from them and i am separate and the world is separate that separatedness created not only a reality independent reality to me it also created a independent reality to the world outside and then i have caught myself into such a situation i cannot deny myself and i cannot deny the reality of the world outside but both becomes null and void when i go to deep deep sleep neither was i or the waker was there nor the reality of the world was there for me nor in the state of dream where there were real real experiences at the time of dreaming 
they also were not there but all these three states i remained as awareness unchanged it is the same i which as as a child when i was dreaming also there the same i when i am dreaming as an old man also is the i is the same so what has not changed in all the changing thing is the changeless i and it is because of the i can never be seen by i i am not able to see that i in the world of outside also where i am also present in it that is what this upanishads was telling about gudam eteshu sarveshu in everything that mahanatma that when i said that the the cosmic creator became everything ajaya mano bahuda vijayate it became everything including me i am also the part of the i am also the cosmic only in that form that not like the fire and the spark i cannot say that i am the cosmic creator but i am not different from the cosmic creator i can say this is the way in which we have to do that these in problems with we is only problem solvable for the waking therefore we use inference deduction logic and etc because the problems we feel that reality of separation is only in waking we don't have that separation problem and the waking in and all the multiplicity in the deep sleep so there didn't we didn't have any need for any of those direction logic or anything we i was alone i was alone with myself or i was the i was one with that from where i came from so there was no problem when there is only one the moment two comes there is a problem uh, arvind ji actually one thing that you said was that in the nirgun form right something like that that uh, the only property that the let's say the parmatma had was that of sat right uh, or such or sat and uh, then later on along with prakriti it it it, acqu- it acquired the property of uh, uh, raja and i think uh, i mean i, rem- I forget the uh, names of those properties uh okay satya rajastamas yes satya rajastamas yes yes so i was wondering if the if if in the original form let's say the parmatma is just satya then and and only parmatma is existing and prakriti has come out of parmatma then how did those properties uh get formed like you know because the only thing that the parmatma had was satya so how did rajas and tamas come into come into being i'll ask you as example don't example is only for example purpose don't uh, sure. you know extrapolate it to that cosmic condition the same water liquid form solid form and vapor form cloud when it became solid ice the water did not become something different from water when it when when it became cloud and it was floating in the sky separated from the ocean which where it was there it had a separate you know existence apparent existence but it still remained as water only as h2o yeah. or ss2o right so the three gunas of sattva rajas tamas the water the ice and the cloud the vapor is all 
not separate in nature but it is an appearances in nature hmm. same way the cosmic has never become the sattva rajas tamas it was it is supposed to be the qualities available in that with which the multiplication combination becomes you know semi solid semi liquid something like that how that equations are available same way it became multiple things in the world without losing its its own true nature that is why it is gudam in everything it is in as a hidden it is available in everything what is that hidden existence and awareness existence itself is awareness and awareness itself is in, in the is in the form of existence so anything and everything you cannot take out existence and awareness and say that something is there outside existence and awareness okay yeah so it's it's almost like saying that there was this uh, like a balance has become a different kind of a balance now right like yeah. so for example so the same h2o in the form of water in the form yeah. of ice in the same form of cloud the h2 has never become anything else it is it is the same thing in all those things yeah i think one analogy i mean just the same analogy is that like there is just water liquid water and then winter arrived and you know like there is this uh, ice cubes and there is also maybe yeah. because of sun water that, vapor that, see yeah. there that the problem will be that the external factors are conditioning that formation of ah, ice oh, and yeah. the cloud and everything oh, I mean, in this, as an analogy in, yes. in, in yeah in this case you can't take that analogy because there is nothing external to it yes yes i get it yes yes Namaste, Rovindu Ji. Namaste, sir. This line, um, which you you were just talking about, sir, uh, little little louder, please. Okay. Ah, uh, this which is everywhere remains hidden and doesn't shine on its own. and the following line says that um this is this appears to those who are sukshma darshi um from the previous uh, verse says like uh, from indriya uh, to man then man to buddhi then buddhi to this mahanatma is sukshma darshi uh, means uh, uh, or is sukshma darshi is used for deduction one who one who is able to see through the the gross the apparent is what is seen for the eyes but one who can see through the apparent the reality that is supporting the apparent appearance such a drishti is called sushma drishti and it is it is through the buddhi agre sushma drishti sushma agre sushma darshi bi agriya agriya buddhi he is referring to the intellect there so the intellect only can see through the appearances to the substratum of the appearance which is the reality a person who is seeing the painting can see multiple colors and the picture there but a person who can see the canvas 
he don't see he cannot see the he doesn't see the canvas but he has the intellectual awareness of the canvas supporting the paints to give the appearance of a picture and at the same time nobody can say no it's only the picture the canvas is not there because everybody knows that and without the canvas the paint cannot be there or the picture cannot be there right same way the sushma drishti is for seeing through the appear, apparent appearances the substratum of the existence and awareness like that other example which i was telling always when we see objects in the waking we are not seeing the objects as such we are seeing the sunlight reflected from the objects to see the object but we do not acknowledge the sunlight as the cause for our seeing but we say we see the object but when you when you are told to think that way okay you will accept yes you are right it is the sunlight which i am seeing not the object so that type of a shift to see to the substratum or the reality of things which is apparent as multiple and diverse in the world there is a reality of substratum in it in everything sarveshu bhuteshu in everything everything that has been created that one who sees through this form of true intellectual seeing through the apparent ones to the reality supporting them for them sakashta saparagadi he he attains that state of brahmaloge mahiyade so one can say that uh, although it is everywhere it is not evident it has to be reached using intellect yeah it is you should say look, look this way sat when you look for yourself in within yourself you can only experience your own presence in within yourself but you cannot know it as an object even though you know it is there within you your awareness you you can only say i i my awareness or it's an experience of being now this experience of being is not an object this experience of being is there for everything which is the world outside or the creation and that experience of being being the same as the experience of you yourself which cannot be seen by you yourself when it is present in the world outside how can you see it because that also you are only that being and awareness is you only what we are experiencing is the name and form and adjectives of that being the substratum on which the name and forms appears then we say that tree exists the animal exists the rock exists that objects exist the sun the moon the whole world everything but they are all having the same beingness as awareness as we feel it in them also and it is not separate just as we cannot see it in ourselves we cannot see that in the others also because it's not that two are separate when we cannot being so intimate and personal to ourselves we cannot see it we can only experience it 
same is the case everywhere. Why do you limit your body, physical body, because of your sense of touch? You are, even the sense of touch is limiting because you are identifying your experiences to the sense of touch. So you limit to the body. When your sense of touch is not there in your dream, you are ready to experience anything which is beyond your body. And when even the dream and the waking is dropped, you are experiencing the whole experience of everything in the same time. But you don't see everything, the name and form of your body, the dream world or the waking world or anything of that. You are one with the experience in all the time. There is no two to say that I experienced something. That is why we don't say we, we experienced anything in the deep sleep. We have become one. Sadhisambadhyā na viduhu sadhisambadhyā mahe is what the Upanishad says, Chantogya Upanishad. Having become one with that sat or the existence, na viduhu, he doesn't know that he has become one with the sat. That sadhisambadhyā mahe, we are one with the sat. That is what the Upanishad says. Thank you, Rupinoji. Namaste, Srinivas. Prasad, Namaste. Driving, I don't know whether you, whether you can hear the road noise. Let me quickly ask uh, one question, Arvindas. See, many folks are aware of themselves, aware of the awareness, you know, they have, at least they are aware of that awareness part of it. But they still keep doing things they know which is not right, but they still keep doing it. Or they are kind of, they feel like they are forced to do things like that. Why does it happen and what can they do to kind of stop themselves from See, until the clarity comes and the conviction comes, it will be done. It will be, it, it is by default that they know it, you will be forced to do that because that the typical way in which uh, the Advaita says is that knowledge has got three functions which is prohibiting knowing the truth. One is total ignorance, the other one is doubt, and the third one is misconception. If any of the three happens, then this will be repeated to know the truth. That is the basic tendency of the, you know, mind to know the truth or the intellect to know the truth. So as long as it, it comes and it finds that it is not the right thing, then that it will be repeated again until, and until it becomes a conviction. So that is why this is being repeated by that. Most Namaste Arvindaji. Namaste Srinivas. 
Yeah, I just had a thought. So, is it right to think that uh, the same Purusha is appearing as uh, unmanifest, he's appearing as Mahat, he's appearing as uh, uh, Buddhi, right? Next, Buddhi, Manas and objects and Indriya. It's that the ultimate thing must be the one which is encompassing rest of the things, right? Is it right to say think that way or with it? Yes, Sarvam Khalidam Brahma or Ajayamano Bahuda Vijayati. All the supernatural says that the one became apparently many. In reality, didn't become many because even when that, you know, the water becomes waves, multiple waves or the cloud or the thing, the water has not become many. It apparently takes many names and forms. Same way that the Purusha is Avyakta Rupa is the beginning where the the desire to you know present itself as many is given as an explanation to those who see multiplicity. In reality it has not become many. Even now this very moment it is only one which is there all of us. But we are all experiencing multiplicity. For explaining the experience of multiplicity, the Upanishads say that the same one with desire to become many, without becoming actually many, appeared as many. Sokameda bhusyam prajayeti. Ajayamano bhuda vichayeti. So, he desired to become many and without becoming many, he appeared as many. Nice, nice. Thanks, Rapunzel. In fact, very beautiful slokas covered today. I think the 12th, 13th and 14th are my, one of my favorites. Of course, there are some others coming. But uh, I really like the that Sukshmaya uh, Sukshmada Sibihi, that sloka and Yachet Bang Manasi Pragya. That's like very, always very beautiful technique. I used to like just merge, uh, it's like saying merge your senses with mind, mind with Mahat. That sequence is always very soothing and easy to follow. If it, and of course, the Uttishtata Jagrata, those three. Very beautiful. I loved it. Thanks, It's a beautiful contemplative mantras. Yeah. Uh, Arubinji, there was one about words. Uh, I forgot. Like there was something about words being assimilated. Um, could you please uh, remind me a bit about that? I wanted. There was a question that had appeared um, when you were talking about that, but I forgot <laughs> the whole. Vangme manasi pradishtitam. The words should be resolved in the mind. Ah. Because the what is appearing as names is only is is only aspect of experience as sound. That is why in this subsequent sloka say Ashabdam, Asparsham, Arupam, Avyayam, Tada, Rasam, Nityam, Agandha, Yat. 
all those things are all the five senses the one manasi pradeshtham is only not indicate of the sound all the sense organs all the five sense organs imagine we had a, 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 you know a million sense organs what would have been the world like you can't even imagine no yeah no i with, i with the, with, with the five itself we have so much of problem right <laughs> Yeah, in, in fact, uh, the, the funny part is that in some cases, if you actually remove some sense organs, something, <laughs> the condition becomes happier, <laughs> ironically. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the reason why I really loved the word uh, uh, melting, you know, that's the feeling that I got was because um, in, I mean, you know, the, the English, uh, the, the process that comes to my mind is it's called nominalization, right? It's us. dividing this chunk of the world and then rearranging it in our mind through language right and right. Uh, and and the, i'm i'm glad that you actually mentioned a shabdam part because i have forgotten that you said about like no senses but uh, no words i think is pretty significant uh, because um, i mean it's my choice right that i can look at a chair as one unit or or forget about the chair there are there is the armrest there is the seat there is the back uh, seat um i can just forget about the chair and i can just look at those parts and i think this is very good um, exercise actually that you know all these um, objects that you have in your mind try to like uh, just break them into um you know waves and interchangeable waves and all the words also begin to dissolve <laughs> you know just as a meditational practice so i, I thought yeah, it was a uh, many many examples are there in that uh, the sunny who is in the listener he has sent me once in back channel chat the tree which we experience is actually a wholesome experience as a tree but if you look at the details it is leaves branches fruits flowers trunk where roots everything put together we have an experience of a tree same way we have an experience of a son or a daughter or a wife or a spouse or whatever maybe now if you look at it there are so much of names involved in the form of adjectives to that entity yeah but all merged together into one entity when i experience that child or a spouse and then it is the name which is which is what is making the difference for me the separation from the rest of that in the chandogya upanishad 7th chapter narada goes to his elder brother sanat kumara and tells that i know all the four vedas i know this vidya that vidya he uh, rattles about 10 12 degrees he has got from all the all over the cosmos yet i am not happy within myself i have heard the one who knows atma he crosses over the ocean of sorrow so oh bhagava oh teacher i am accepting you as a teacher please tell me how do i cross over the ocean of so, you know samsara tarasi shokam atmavit so the elder brother gives a smile and says oh narada all the 21 25 names which you have said they are only names only they are only words you have mastered all the words of the cosmos but the words have not become yours 
so as long as the words do not become you and you have the control over the words they will remain separate from you and you will not have any control on the area where you have that names in you the moment you have the words as become yours you sir kamacharo bhavati then you are in control of that area of the words like that he takes from the words to all the way up to bhuma bhuma is that culmination where here they say nasa ka kashta sa paragadi otas vishnu parmam padam or brahmaloke mahiyate there it is the word used is bhuma na alpe sugam asti bhumaiva sugam in 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 the in the finite there is no happiness bhumaiva sugam in that infinite is singing and what is that yatrana anya pasyadi anya bijanaadi anya shrunodi where you do not hear anything you do not see anything you do not you know experiencing anything other than you that is what is called bhuma and bhumai vasukam and bhuma that bhuma is only is the real happiness none of the other things which we have been discussing till now so about 17 items 18 items he refers in that in the step by step meditation process it's another beautiful meditational thing that actually kind of reminds me of you know the kind of difference between uh, having an information and imbibing it as knowledge as your own um and also like the quote that i can see in your profile like the, <laughs> that was really funny as well the study of the scriptures is useless so long as the highest truth is unknown and it is equally useless when the highest truth has already been known uh so i mean that that was uh, that speaks i think a lot to it like it's one thing to just uh, rearrange uh, concepts in your mind but it's another thing to like own them right like to 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 put them in the knowledge box rather than the information box yeah hello ranji so i just wanted to say that like you know the touch sense actually is distributed all over the body and all right and even inside the body and all otherwise you wouldn't come to know what is happening in stomach for example so that actually can be said as thousand senses in one sense actually and uh, that is the one which actually gives you a kind of uh, entity in this world uh, mainly because of touch if you didn't have touch like only eyes for example then in the space and it would be more like a video game actually something like that. Yeah, Vinodji, I had actually uh, had one uh, thought experiment regarding that. Um, so the thought experiment was: you imagine yourself in this um, uh, square box, like square box room, a big square box room, no windows at all, and it's floating uh, around the earth, like a space station or something, right? And uh, you're you're floating in the middle of it, right? And there is no uh, source of light. no source of uh, sound um, although that that can be very problematic actually the experiments that have been done uh, no source of smell or nothing like that and you're weightless on top of it i think <laughs> I, i think the only touch uh, uh, the only sense that you will feel uh, although i think i mean the sound the problem is that you will be able to hear the flow of blood in your veins that that can become very problematic actually uh, but i think uh, Uh, the touch will be the pr- predominant uh, sense in that 
in that uh, thought scenario. Namaste, Prasad. Uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to add to that. Uh, actually, that is when uh, I think that is where you have zero experience of anything, and uh, you can search for it on YouTube and all that. But Vinodji, would it be fair to say that zero experience of anything? Because you're awake, and even if your all external senses are cut off. um you know uh, there is still this internal activity um, going on and you just can't shut it unless that is the state in the deep sleep you don't have even the internal experiences or no. you don't even have the identity of the i the individuality is also not experienced but you cannot deny your you were not there uh actually uh Orobinji is it is it the kind of open that third part the third person experience that I want to get is it time to do that or that we need to do after, that we can do